This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Fessler. Welcome to Change Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and today my guest is Tracy Bogan. Tracy is the world's first dreampreneur and leading expert on goal mastery and self-empowerment. She's backpacked 75,000 miles in six continents through 54 countries. Tracy's made a career of putting herself front and center to show others how to break through their fears and ignite the courage to achieve their boldest goal or most daring dream through her books, retreats, and coaching program. She has been featured on Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, as well as many radio shows, and is an international best-selling author of four books. Tracy's lived in China, teaching English at the World Exchange College of Language, as well as Alaska, Hawaii, Texas, Arizona, and Wisconsin. The breadth of Tracy's life experience is beyond ordinary. As a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, she spearheaded a campaign to increase the criminal statute of limitations for sex crimes on children. Her grassroots efforts helped change Wisconsin's law on child sexual abuse. It is dubbed the Bogan Bill. Tracy works with entrepreneurs to connect with their soul's purpose and create more time, money, freedom, and fun in their lives. Get ready to be transported out of your seat and into the nooks and crannies of the world with dreampreneur Tracy Bogan. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, Kate. Thank you for having me be a guest on your show today. As I said in your intro, your life experience has been anything but ordinary. But there's one part of it that unfortunately isn't as rare as we'd hope. You are a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Tell me about that. Yes. Uh, People ask me all the time if there's anything I could change in my life. Is that something that I would change? And the answer is no. If I could take a pill and have that experience go away and never had happened, I would not do it. Having been sexually abused from the time I was five until 14 has molded and shaped me into the woman and into the person and into the light that I am today. It's the reason that I'm in touch with my purpose, my voice, my power, my mission, and my service to the world, especially women. Mm. You spearheaded a campaign to increase the criminal statute of limitations for sex crimes on children. I'm actually a little surprised that there is a statute of limitations on that. When and why did you decide to take action on this to go public with your experience and campaign for legislation? I'm also deeply shocked and disappointed that all states do not have a uh, an uncapped limitation, that there is statute of limitations that prevent people. So in the state of Wisconsin, it used to be you hadn't until the time 
you had six and a half years from the time of the crime to report and prosecute that. And so that means a child who's young isn't likely going to stand in their power and have their voice to be able to express that and be able to have the courage to pursue a, a trial or, um, you know, a, the court endeavor. Mm-hmm. So people in my experience of interviewing people around the world is the common denominator, common denominators. Most people do not come to term with it or with the guilt and the shame of it until later on in their life. You know, I was, I was around 19 or 20 when I finally got the courage to tell my best friend, Amy, who absolutely implored me and supported me in telling the rest of my family just to make sure that it wasn't happening to anybody else. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it was. You know, the person next door who grew up to me, who babysat, confessed to sexually molesting and abusing more than 25 people. And oh it's on a police recorded, there's a, there's a police recorded confession, but due to the fact that there's a criminal statute of limitations, he's unable to be per- prosecuted even with a confession. So hmm. why I got involved in that, and it's a, a topic I'm very passionate about, is is to even though I was even though due to the grandfather clause, I was still not able to prosecute after the statute of limitations was expanded for the state of Wisconsin. It didn't benefit me in any way. But I knew of the thousands and eventually tens of thousands of people as the future rolls forward on how many lives it would assist and impact if the law was changed. And so I put myself front and center center and head of the campaign with lots of support uh, around me and lots of people taking busloads of people to the state capitol to legislate against um, against the current policy. And we did ultimately, it took two and a half years to get the legislation changed. And a sister bill is the one that actually changed the law. So uh, we started two bills from the Senate and from the House, both the Assembly, both at the same time with the hopes that one of them would pass and Mm -hmm. one of them. So that was um, a beautiful, triumphant moment. And we certainly had our, our celebration, you know, in all these years later, Kate, I still get thank you letters. I have every single one of them in my, in my file cabinet in my office in Wisconsin. Of thanking, thanking me or thanking the process. I mean, one letter was 33 pages long. <laughs> Somebody who wow. I don't even know bring their heart, heart out to me at how the legislation change has affected and impacted their life for the better. Well, yeah, I, I'm, it's just stunning to me that, I, I mean, we're seeing now in the news women who were adults when they had some sort of sexual molestation or harassment and it's taken them 20 years to to speak publicly about it. So to expect a child to do something that they probably don't even understand within, what was it, six years, you said, six and a half years? I mean, that's crazy. Yes, yes. Uh, or, or it was to the age of, you know, there was a 21 statute of limitations and you know, my goal was to abolish that entirely or make it the age of 50. And, um, you know, we didn't get everything that we asked for, but certainly it's a great improvement for the state of Wisconsin than what it was. And I'm really proud to be part of that campaign that 
paves the way for to make it easier for others to come forward when they finally have the courage and the perseverance to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy feat. You know, one of the reasons I was silent for so long was fear that no one would believe me. Right. Yeah. And well, believe me, it's been a lot of years of healing and working on myself. Decades. I've literally spent tens of thousands of dollars. You know, another thing that's unfortunate is why doesn't the perpetrator, perpetrator, especially the ones who confess that they did it, why aren't they billed the therapy money for the victims to get over it? You know, oh. I had to pay out of pocket. My insurance wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't cover that kind of therapy. So I literally have spent tens of thousands of dollars. And there was a time in my life in the 90s for a decade, I was on every antidepressant from A through Z that you can think of. And the best therapy for me was taking the time to look into the mirror and really create the space to be silent and become my own therapist, to get in touch with my own, with, with source, my own source energy and the, the power of God in my life to give me the courage to get through it. And it, it was, you know, decades, it was decades of work and it was a very long process for me to get through to get to the point where I could say today if I could take a pill and swallow it and have it not had happened that I would not do so because it's built the character and the spirit and the heart of who I am right now yeah and that's a that's a very good way to look at it I know that there are people you know that's how you thrive after an experience like that right you have to think of it as you know this has made me who I am today and and even though it was a horrible experience, it, it's been important in my life's journey. Absolutely. So you have lived a lot of places, including the opposite worlds of Alaska and Hawaii, and also China. What set you off on this journey? What were you looking for? A mirror, ultimately. Um, it's interesting. I used to ask, in fact, one of the doctors, I was in the medical field for 18 years and one of the doctors I worked for would ask me, are you running from something? And I would Hmm. say, absolutely not. I am an adventurer and I'm single and I have no children. And why on earth wouldn't I seize the opportunity to experience the different flavors of the world? I've always, since I was a young girl, have had the dreams and the fantasies of being able to see the world. I always just knew I wanted to see the world. And for years, I just really believed that I wasn't running from something. It wasn't until the last couple of years on my really intense healing journey that I discovered I really was running from something. Mm. And that was from a mirror. And that was not having to be in one place long enough to ever be in a relationship. I'm 47 years old, and this is the first year that I'm actually in a healthy, truly reciprocal, mirrored relationship. It's mm. been my whole life. And that stems back to the not trusting and having that foundation broke, being sexually abused as a child, that I have everything perfect in my life, everything working and everything thriving, you know, financially, 
fun-wise, spiritual-wise, everything except love. And I didn't even realize that was the one thing missing. I just, you know, downscored it to, downplayed it to the fact that I'm a busy entrepreneur. And, you know, when it comes and someone can fit into the life that I've created, wonderful. But I wasn't going out to look for someone to, you know, have to, for me, have to make any changes. And so it was a really interesting question. Um, and also an interesting answer that just came, you know, that just came about in the last couple of years of my healing journey. So part of the reason why I've traveled so many places, because I always believed and I always just had the feel that I desired to explore all the nooks and crannies of the world and meet all of the other souls out there. I'm just a worldly person. Mm-hmm. And then on the darker side of the question is, you know, I... I, I was avoiding and escaping the, the real things that, so what took me to travel was ultimately finding a mirror. And that just allowed me to create the space to get quiet and to really discover who I am, why I'm here, and what is my purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, I absolutely believe that we need to get out of our little echo chambers and go out into the world. And, and that's the only way that we can truly find who we are and what we're about. Um, I want to talk about China for a minute. China is a bit mysterious. I've been to Beijing, but I know it's a huge country and places like Shanghai are very different, as is the countryside. Where were you and what was it like living there? Oh, boy. I've been to China three times. And the first two were exploring all the nooks and crannies. And I literally took a train top to bottom and flew to different places. Um, The... The third time that I went was to teach English at the World Exchange College of Language in Qingdao, China, uh, you know, toward the the countryside of things. And that was a whole different experience than being in Beijing. And what took me there was I went there thinking I was going to be the, you know, the big know-it-all school teacher. I've never taught school, but I certainly could teach English. And it was actually me who was the student. All my students were between 8 and 11 years old, and every child knew at least three languages fluently. They all knew what their career was going to be, and they did things every day working toward that career at their young age. And I just made an incredible connection with a little boy named Phil, and Phil and I kept in touch for years. And then one day, I just quit hearing from him. Well, just Mm. this year, I get an email from him asking for a letter of recommendation if I could write him one for a college, and he got accepted to a college. And his to come to America, and I'm really excited to be one of the first people to be on his bandwagon welcoming him to America when, when the school season starts for 2018. So I'm thrilled. Um, I China is. It's a world of its own. And I appreciate, you know, one minute I'm in a city where they seem so far advanced, more advanced than we are. And then I'm in the countryside where I feel like I'm back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. I've been in places with no electricity, no running water, um, chopping firewood for not only food, but to, to heat the water so we could take showers. Mm-hmm. I've been a guest in this home who literally have broken their last piece of bread with the pure excitement to have me as a guest in their home to ask about our America and what mm. it's like to live. And it's just been an incredible experience. 
Hmm. Wow. Well, let's talk about the backpacking thing. 75,000 miles in six continents through 54 countries. That's a lot of mileage. It seems like you walked between all of those places that you lived. <laughs> Planes, trains, automobiles, and every kind of broken down boat, motorbike, and rickshaw you can possibly imagine. Elephants, camels. I rode an ostrich. Uh, the things I've eaten around the world. Uh, the, the, the fun thing about it is, I heard a quote uh, a, a while ago, I believe it was by Eleanor Roosevelt that said, do something, every one new thing every day that scares you. And from the day that I read that quote, I've been practicing that. It's particularly interesting to practice doing something new when, when you're abroad and the options are limited. You know, are you hungry for tarantula or scorpion tonight? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> And how do those taste? Do they taste like chicken, like they say about everything else? <laughs> Nothing was good enough to eat twice. Some of it was just for the novelty of the experience, and some of it was genuinely because I was truly hungry. And there is other, you know, experiences where, like drinking snake blood, where I was invited into someone's home, and that's just the delicacy, and it's considered rude and impolite not to accept it and indulge. Going around the world has changed the course of my life and the foundation of who I am. And it's the reason that I'm in this experience today doing what I do for work now, having my profession now. And, you know, traveling around the world, I didn't go around the world just to see it. I went around the world to really discover my role in it and answer those questions. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. What's my purpose? And what you know, what value do I bring? Did I live? Did I love? And did I matter? Mm-hmm. And I got those questions answered. And when I came home, I just had a clear knowingness that I'm here to live. I'm not here to serve in the medical field as I did for 18 years. I am I'm I'm that I have something that's much deeper and more meaningful to my spirit to do here. And that is truly to inspire and empower women to step into their purpose, their own voice and their own power. Mm. You have four books, including the backpack diaries. What are the others and why and for whom did you write them? The, the first book is my favorite book, and that certainly is not my bestseller, but it's my favorite. And that book, it's Romance 411 and Romance 911. And those books are just deliciously filled with 365 pages each of unique ideas, unique gifts that I found from around the world, bath recipes, Meal recipes by Chef Tori Miller from the Food Network. He's the owner of the infamous Latoile restaurant in Wisconsin. I, it turned out, yeah, I went to grade school with him and I stalked him for months before I finally got him to say yes. I traveled all the way to the capital and met with him and he did all the photography and all the meal pairings and, and the, all the, he teaches you how to make little decorations and little roses out of carrots for your food and how to pair them with aphrodisiacs and wines and so forth. So it has bath recipes, meal recipes, every occasion from birthdays to Valentine's days to anniversaries, even, even when 
someone transitions, unique things that you can do to pay tribute to someone special in your life. It's just my favorite, favorite book. Books, there's two, 411 and Romance 911. The other one is Cracking the Dream Code. And that's a book and a workbook for, it's, it's got a, a business version and a life version of really, it's for people who really have a thirst. They know that they're stuck. They know that they're stuck in the gap between where they are now and where they desire to be. And they don't have the income to invest in themselves or the wherewithal to invest in themselves in working with a mentor or hiring a coach. So mm-hmm. these are simple workbooks that are associated with QR codes to watch videos. And I, I, it's basically a workshop in the form of a workbook. And then my next book that I'm working on, it's called, I, I just woke up with it a, a few Sundays ago with the title and the title came before I ever knew I was writing a book that I'll probably always be writing a book. And it's called From Whole to Whole, H-O-L-E to W-H-O-L-E. And that is that book from whole to whole is my own personal journey of discovering my my own purpose, my own voice, and my own power. That's a book of pure empowerment and pure inspiration for others to follow suit and glean the same for themselves. From whole to whole. Well, we'll definitely look forward to that. You have a great story about your most valued possession, something you acquired along your journey. Tell us about that. I was traveling and it was in Tibet and I, I met this woman and I was a, a guest in her home and we didn't speak each other's language. So I had to bring, hire an interpreter to go to her home and she had dirt floors, cement walls, and she heard, shared a home with many other people. And she made some yak butter tea and asked questions through the interpreter, through the translator. And we were able to have a deeply connective connection with one another without speaking each other's language. It was a beautiful experience. And she didn't have much, but she offered me everything that she had. And when I left, she was weeping. And through the translator, she said that I was the first guest, American guest in her home. And she would never forget the experience. She was so deeply honored to have a new American friend. And she removed a bracelet from her wrist and placed it on mine. And it was made of copper and it probably cost her 25 or 50 cents maybe on a high end. And I kept that on for years. And every morning in the shower, I would have to move it up and scrub off with a washcloth the green ring that it would leave around my wrist every morning. But every morning when I kept it on so long, was because it reminded me that I had running water every time I showered. It reminded me to be thankful every time I flipped on the light switch that I had electricity. It reminded me that every time I opened up the refrigerator and I had food that I'm in the 90 percentile of the richest person in the United States of in the world, in the world, not just in the United States of America, in the world. We're in the richest percentile. If you have just those few things, including some loose change in a jar. And it, it just was a constant reminder to remind me to be present and have gratitude for what I have, no matter how bad my day is or how much I would like to complain about something not going right or something not working. 
Mm. Yes, we often take those things for granted, don't we? Yes, and I'll probably never see her again. And I guarantee you she will tell this story until the day she dies, and I will tell the story until the day I die, that we had such a bond and such a connection, a human experience together, and we didn't even speak one word of each other's language. Mm. That's a wonderful story. What's the biggest lesson you learned from backpacking around the world? Boy, I have to tell you, Kate, I'm still learning the lessons. Uh, one of one of my there's there's so many. One of my favorites is that to if I had to one of the lessons I learned is to only take advice from those who have the results that you desire. Only take advice from those who have climbed the mountain and have the straight knees and have the the outcome that you're looking for. That that one thing alone and surrounding yourself with other like-minded people who breathe life and hope and inspiration and even accountability into your life, that will expedite your road to success exponentially. It will 10x it right off the bat. And so that's one thing that I would learn and do over is to only take advice from those who have been there before me. Mm. Good advice. We've got to take a short break, but when we come back, dreampreneur and how to master your own unfathomable goals and dreams. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back. You are listening to Change, Redefining Success. I'm Kate Fessler, and my guest today is dreampreneur Tracy Bogan. Tracy, what is a dreampreneur, and what's the difference between a dreamer and a dreampreneur? Well, we'll start with a dreamer because I was one for most of my life. And a dreamer are those who have a disease called someday-itis. They have big goals, lofty dreams, and exciting aspirations that they intend to pursue someday. But for most, like in the dictionary, death day will always come before someday. That's Mm. a dream. Dreamers dream, but they don't do. A dreampreneur, on the other hand, is one who has the unrelenting will to achieve their boldest goal and most daring dream that aligns with their soul's purpose and brings them a life of prosperity and joy. A lot of people are in the dreamer category. 
what is one step they can take today to move themselves forward toward dreampreneur? You're correct. Most people, that's the, the another common denominator I met on my worldwide quest of interviewing people around the world. It's they're stuck in the dreamer's gap between where they are now and where they desire to be. That's called the dreamer's gap. One thing that you can do to get out of the dreamer's gap is to master your thinking and your behavior. So I teach 10 navigational markers in my program. And one of the navigational markers is called the belief key. And the belief key is during your thinking. It is done unto you as you believe. And you know with unshakable certainty that you will live your desire. And you know it naturally without any effort in thinking about it. So this is called unconscious competence. It's like tying your shoes or brushing your teeth. You just innately know how to without thinking about it. You must mm -hmm. become the person who would achieve their goal or their dream and who would deserve it. You must become that person. So an exercise that you can do quickly and relatively simply is to list out your toxins, your toxins, list out your, your, think, your stinking thinking. Take a piece of paper and literally write out your stinking thinking. For example, a toxic belief or stinking thinking would be exercise is hard and boring and I hate it. We're going to write the antidote to that. So if your belief is exercise is hard and boring and I hate it, you're never going to have that hard body that you're looking for. You're never going to feel fit and you're never going to feel like you're in shape. So the antidote would be, I feel so great after exercise. I will live longer and healthier and I'll be an example for my family to follow. So we can create many more years and memories together. Another toxic belief, and I hear this one all the time with people who talk to me about coaching and then give the excuse, I can't afford it. And it really is an excuse because we always find the time and the money for those things that are the most important to us. It's an excuse. The antidote to I can't afford it is I really desire or deserve this, and I'm working out a way to afford it because I have the resources and resourcefulness to create whatever I choose. Mm -hmm. so whatever your toxic thinking is or your belief, whatever your stinking thinking is, write it out and then write down the antidote to that. And every time you catch yourself doubting your goal or your dream or your ability to achieve it with stinking thinking, snap yourself with a rubber band. And for 30 days, this is scientifically proven to scramble the synapses in your brain every time you catch yourself and snap. And it will distort that negative thinking and start leaving the imprint of the positive of the antidote. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me. <laughs> Everything begins with our self-talk and, and our beliefs. Absolutely. So one step out of many that you can do. So you've traveled the world and had some great and not so great life experiences. How have those contributed to where you are today? And to what do you attribute your success? I attribute to my success to, oh, let's see, mastering my thinking, number one, it's mindset to really, really 
get sharp. Number two is being accountable. So I'm in a coaching program. I invest more than 10% of my annual income every year. I work with a coach or I'm in a mastermind program. Uh, I have an accountability partner. I am always engaged and always, always, always sharpening my tools because I believe in me to invest in me. And I only surround myself with like-minded people who breathe life and hope and inspiration and accountability into my life. Just that one thing alone will exponentially move your results up tenfold guaranteed. So it's investing in in a coach. It's investing in me. It's investing in education. It's investing in the tools and the, the programs that sharpen the tools. You've redefined success for yourself outside the conventional rules by which most of the world lives. Looking back, you've alluded to this a little bit already. If you had a time machine, is there anything you would do differently? I would I would have become an entrepreneur right out of the gate and began living my purpose much earlier in life. I never believed that I could, and I never had the courage to pursue it earlier at the time that I was really dreaming it the most. Um you know, being in the medical field was easy. That wasn't a a stretch for me. That certainly wasn't my life's purpose. So I would have listened, if I could do it over again, I would have listened to the whispers that my heart and my soul and my calling have always been talking to me and I didn't listen to it. So that is one thing that I would change. And secondly, as I said earlier, I would only have taken the advice of those who already had the results that I was looking for. That would have saved me so much time and effort and money and discouragement along the way. Yeah. Well, I know that a lot of people, and myself included, didn't really understand the opportunities. You know, when you're younger, you kind of just go along where you're kind of led right by your education or your teachers or parents or whatever and most of us do kind of fall into the job that seems to be the best fit Um, and it's only later when we start to think about what is my life purpose and what am I really meant to be doing and maybe this isn't it it sometimes takes a while well I I strongly feel and believe, and I didn't get this until later in life as well, that we always have a whisper, our our internal voice, and it's always talking to us, but we are so masterful at keeping ourselves busy and falling into the temptation of all of the sedations of the world. I mean, the minute we're born, we're in, in a household of someone else's preconceived sedations for us. You know, I had the TV as a babysitter or I I can go on and on. Most of us have. And that we're so focused on the outside in that we never stop to listen, to really pay attention and whisper from the the voices talking to us from the inside out. That's where all the answers are. Mm-hmm. That's the mirror. That's looking in the mirror. Nobody likes to look in the mirror. And certainly most people do not like doing the work. The work is work. Nobody likes to work. 
Um, but the answers are there and we're just trained and conditioned and even sedated to not listen to that. And it's only through, through osmosis of something we're hearing subconsciously that eventually, usually it's when our, we're having our midlife crisis, that we get the case of the, oh, shoot, syndrome. Mm-hmm. Questions. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And, you know, what's my value? What's my contribution? Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? Yeah. Let's talk about goals. This is a time of year that people are looking ahead, making New Year's resolutions and plans for the future. What advice would you give to people who want to, as you say, master not just their realistic goals, but their unfathomable goals and dreams? It's all about accountability. Here's the bottom line in three, three sentences, three words. It's what's your goal? What's your plan to get the goal? And are you doing the plan? Are you working it? And 97% of the entire human population does not have a clearly written, defined plan for themselves on paper, nor do they have a do it date or a finish line set for themselves. So that's the first step. Secondly, line yourself up with someone who has the results that you have. Don't listen to the voices around you. They're, they're, no offense to anyone, it's mediocrity. It's, it's the mass, it's the herd. Stay away from the herd because they will absolutely pull you down. Listen to the voice within and work with a mentor. Work with a coach, read personal development books, get an accountability partner, hold yourself no matter what accountable in some kind of way, be involved in some kind of program because you will exponentially increase your results just doing that single thing alone. What is your approach to living your life to the fullest? Believe it or not, I, I go through program. I have the the golden compass. It's the complete guiding system and it's a 12 step process. You can take any goal. It's everything is a detailed results tracking system. I use my own detailed results tracking system. Everything is metric. Everything that can be measured improves and everything that's measured and recorded improves exponentially. So everything that I do is tracked through a metric system, and it's the same metric system that I use with my cl- my clients. And everything is tailored to each person's particular uh, particular desires for get moving them from where they are now to where they desire to be. It's accountability. Mm-hmm. We're almost out of time, so I have to ask you: What is one book or resource besides your own that you would recommend to people? I have a couple. Can I share a couple? Absolutely. Okay. Kyle Cease. I recommend his book. I I love Kyle Cease. (laughs) Kyle Cease has just been instrumental in uh, digging deep. (laughs) His book is profound. It's, and, and believe me, I've read probably in the thousands of books. I'm a perpetual student of life and personal development. Kyle Cease, you can go to YouTube and and find anything. He's got all kinds of videos and most of them are free, but his book is absolutely worth the the $20 investment. The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco 
is also an incredible platform for building your empire and for really getting clear on how you're stuck and getting unstuck. That's a great resource. And if I had to pick another resource, uh, Teal Swan, T-E-A-L-S-W-A-N. You can look her up on YouTube as well, and she has lots of incredible uh, videos as well, and those are free. Those are my three. Awesome. Those are great recommendations. What's next for Tracy Bogan? I'm working on another book and rolling out this January, I've made some, I I have a new tracking system that took two years to build with a team of people. And I'm super excited. It's the metrics tracking system. It's the map, the map to success map stands for metrics accountability plan. It's your metrics accountability plan, your map to success. Uh, working on that, the new book, and uh, there's some some whispers possibly about signing a contract for the Backpack Diaries becoming a motion picture. Ooh, that would be exciting. Yes. Would you get to play yourself? <laughs> no. Oh gosh, no! I'm not an actress. <laughs> Nor do I. No, I have any desire to be. <laughs> who? Who? If you could pick whoever you wanted, who would you want to play you in that in that picture? It would be Jodie Foster. Unfortunately, she's retired. So they've thrown some other names at me, but I'm not I'm not at liberty to share. Oh, okay. Well, how can people find out more about you and your work? So they can find me at Tracy Bogan, T-R-A-C-I-B-O-G-A-N.com, TracyBogan.com. I also invite your listeners to come on a strategy session with me. I'll offer them 30 minutes on a call to uh, to work with them on where they are now, where they desire to be, and what's keeping them stuck. We'll cover that in the 30 minutes. And they can reach me at tracybogan.com to go ahead and schedule that. And one last thing I'll, I'll give to everyone, they can take a free assessment at by texting the word DARE, D-A-R-E, to 64600. Take out your cell phone and send a message to 64600 and type in the word DARE in the message line. C-A-R-E, and that will get emailed to you. Awesome. Well, Tracy Bogan, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today. Kate, thank you for having me as a guest. I truly appreciate it. And I hope that you have a a great day and hope our paths cross again soon in the eWomen Network. That sounds great. Thanks so much. Have a good day. You too. I will be right back. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Pretty fascinating stuff. Tracy sure has packed a lot of living into less than half a century. I know it can be hard to hear that some of the worst things that have happened in your life could be an important part of your journey. You can turn it into activism to help others, or it could send you on a journey that transforms from running away from something to finding yourself, your gifts and strengths, and your life purpose like it did for Tracy. 
And for those of you who haven't had something really awful happen in your life, it doesn't have to be that sort of catalyst, although it often is loss of something, whether it's a loved one or a lifestyle, a job, or just our youth, to propel us on the journey of our lifetime. The one thing we all have to lose as we evolve is our idea of who we are, because the truth is so much more than we were told or taught or the past that we're holding on to. Think about that in this holiday season. What gift were you given that you've denied or repressed or haven't recognized as such? How could you give the gift of self-acceptance to yourself so that you too can evolve and find that mirror to see your true self in all your power and glory? If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. And please share this podcast with your friends and subscribe so you'll be notified when a new show is available and so the network knows you're listening. What's your story? If you'd like to be a guest on my podcast and share it with others, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. Next week, my guest will be Debbie Page. Debbie is an internationally recognized entrepreneur, business coach, and advocate for women's economic independence and is recognized as the leading authority on cash flow for women in business. For over two decades, Debbie has worked with women and money and has acquired, scaled, and sold two businesses of her own. It is safe to say that whatever high or low you're experiencing in your business, she's been there and knows the way through. For five years, she was the Executive Managing Director of the eWomen Network, an international women's networking organization, and was recognized as an international femtor for her work with women-owned business and her commitment to showing others how to build community to grow their business through effective networking. She's the only woman to receive this distinction two years in a row. When not coaching her clients from Sweden to Singapore and across North, North America, Debbie's a philanthropist, a feminist, and a decent cribbage player. She loves a good glass of wine, great conversation, and studying the latest findings and applications in the fields of cognitive psychology and business strategy. Debbie's the proud pet parent to Mr. Harley Hounderton, her 10-year-old Labrador retriever and doggy love of her life. I could totally relate. Debbie will be sharing some thoughts on goals and how to set yourself up for success in the new year. I hope you'll join us. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life and a very Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate this time of year. May you and your family experience all the joys of the season. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com.